Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you. Welcome home. Hey, genre junkies, it's Sandra. And and, and who's this? Oh, hey, it's me, Amanda. Um, my sister, Amanda? The very same. Cheesy crazy, you haven't been on this show in, and I don't even know how long, in a fairy's age. <gasps> the age of a fae. <laughs> it's been a long while, and I missed while. you. I missed you too. Well, I've seen you, but you missed um the people, and the people will be very glad to have you back. So welcome back to the show. Um, If you're here, <laughs> that means we uh, do not have Scott. No, I mean, he's here. He's adjacent. Uh, produce, he's producing over there. But um, we're talking Faye. Talking Faye. We're talking Faye. We're going Faye. The mother effing Faye. Love it. <laughs> um, so, so basically, somebody pointed out, one of our um, awesome people who listen to our show, and we love them very much, um, they pointed out, you know who you are. <laughs> Send us an email, and we appreciate it, that we never talked about The Queen of Nothing by Holly Black. Which I could not believe it when me, I read that. I, was like, I immediately forwarded her the email and I'm like, no, we did. <laughs> no, we did. I think we must have just the two of us talked about it and assumed the world was listening. I think that it dropped at a weird time COVID wise. Maybe. Yeah. Didn't it? Um, well, no. Well, November 4th, 2020. So then I think it was like holidays. And then COVIDs and... Yeah, it must have just been a, a challenging schedule time for us. Yeah. Scheduling time. Well, well I mean, you, you, there's no excuse. There's no there excuse isn't. for us to not there talk isn't. about a Holly Black book. And we apologize. And oh, we apologize. We are admonished. We, um, we're still obsessed with Holly Black. Mm-hmm. Love her. God, I love that one. <laughs> I know. And she's a great a follow love. on social media. She she posts a lot of cool fan art. Yeah, I've seen it. There's some beautiful stuff she puts up. Yeah, and there was like one we really loved of um of dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Maddox. Mm-hmm. And then somebody had posted one that was a whole bunch of different characters from her books at Pride. And that like made us cry. That one was like so joyous. Yeah, and especially because it had Vivi, my favorite character in it. Absolutely. So, of course, if uh, if you're not familiar, The Queen of Nothing is the third and final novel in the Folk of Air trilogy, though there are novellas. So since we didn't talk about The Queen of Nothing, then we obviously did also not talk about how the King of Elfame learned to hate stories. That is correct. We have not read the one that's about Roybin. Yeah, and Kay. And Kay. Uh, King of the Termites. Sure, yeah. C- Not Termite the termites Corp. you're thinking of. No, different ones. <laughs> different termites. If you know Fave, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> if you don't, look it up. Yeah. If you don't, Google it. <laughs> we're- Google. We're not here to educate you about the Fae, all right? No, we are. We actually are here to educate you about happy the Fae. To, happy to talk about it, whatever. Um, really quickly, though, before we get into it, you know, we love a recommendation. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, give me give me a recommendation, something you've been watching, something you've been reading that brings a lot of joy that you feel people need to know about. Okay, thanks for asking that. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually it's totally not genre related, but I'm going to tell you right now. If you, if you are um, an elder millennial, 
Possibly a little older, a little younger. Maybe a young Gen Xer too. Let's yeah, sure. Yeah. If you are just a person who spent maybe an inordinate amount of time uh watching a little show called Save by the Bell. That would be us. In your youth, like yeah. we did. We spent we used to oh be able to God. tell you every episode from like the from first the first shot, yeah. even if no characters had come into it, which episode I'll it was. say I'll be generous and say the first thirty seconds. Oh, by then it's it was practically over. Yeah, that by then we already we've already we probably thing. already yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we used to be real good at it. We sure were. Yeah, those were our glory days. Yeah. Well, hey, good news for us. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yeah, there's a, a show. I'm sure many of you know of it because it's of course uh, nationally available, at least if not internationally. Um, it's a it's I can't call it a reboot of Saved by the Bell, but it's yeah. a. Um, continuation of it and i sort of just avoided it because i was like oh i don't i don't want my childhood memories this was this was a nostalgia property that was like i don't know if i want this i don't know if i need this right exactly there have been some other things that i've i have felt have not been particularly successful looking at you full house oh you want you know you wanted it it was uh, uh, you wanted it to work (laughs) but i just felt like (laughs) it wasn't for me at the very least um blessings to all (laughs) But uh, and any hoozle, it's on it's on Peacock, if not anywhere else. That's where I found it. Um, and it is. And also, I'm just wondering, like, how are they going to pull this off? Yeah. Well, they delightfully they've kept Bayside as sort of ridiculously squeaky clean as we remember it. Yeah. But uh, the premise is that there's been a cut to school funding and a couple of other schools have had to fold into Bayside. Mm -hmm. Less well-funded ones that were shut down. Right. So with these kids come a sense of actual reality. Yeah. Because Bayside was always so preppy. I mean, that's even what Slater called Zach was preppy. Of course it is. And it's uh, they do this great... um, just this balance in the show of basically kind of spoofing what they were doing yeah. on the original series while also uh, just doing it with a lot of love and just so much humor. Yeah. And it, again, if you were a nut for it the way that we were, there right. are just so many little Easter eggs and well, callbacks to the if, original show. And if show. we remember, Kelly Kapowski from the original one, she was the poor one of the friends. She had, came from a she big was. family and she had some financial struggles. But even then, it was like, that's okay. The rest of your friends can just pay for your whole existence. <laughs> oh, so yes. it's fine. Like, oh, she couldn't pay for a prompt. We're worried on that one, Lisa Turtle. But yeah. okay, that's fine. Because Zach and Kelly's prom happened outside. It's like on it. Oh, I hate that episode though. That one's really sad. I'm sure, yeah, it, it is very sad. <laughs> they broke up. No, no, they didn't in that one. Wait, isn't that the one where she's dating her old ass boss at the max and then they're like she it, different prom. This is like their first oh. prom, I think. No, because then they're like outside and she's like, I like you, I don't like you, I don't know. Maybe it was that one. And like there's some cheesy ass song playing and they have their slow dance outside and it's like their last slow See, dance. See, now that could be so many of us. <laughs> okay, you know what? I think there's probably like 12 proms now that I am saying this out loud. I do believe they were in high school for a very long time. And I think there was homecoming and then there was probably like spring fling and... Yeah, of course. There was always some bash and I mean, they 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 
really make so much so much fun of it in yeah. the original. All I got to say is, is, folks, if that sounds like your cup of tea at all, check it out. Yeah. Give it give it an actual try. Yeah. And you will not be sorry that you did. And there's original people in it. Like, um, yes, like kind of cameo roles. Yep. Okay. And, yeah. They're, uh, and they're taking good care of their Tell characters. Tell me Lark Voorhees is in an episode. Lark Voorhees is in an episode. That's, <laughs> that's Lisa's my favorite. Oh, well, yeah, she is. That'll... And of course, um, uh, rest in peace, Screech. Yeah, yeah. They give a they give yeah. a a sweet little shout rest out to that. Diamond. Yeah, that Screech is still alive and kicking in the world. So oh, I love that. Up, up, up. And I I do I like I can't wait to watch this. I'm glad they put in some social commentary about like. Oh, there's a lot of it. You know, <laughs> there's cool. a lot of it. Yeah, it's uh, very appropriate. I think that's cool for for teens today. To, to, Absolutely. To have. Yeah. For the teens, my fellow teens. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about Queen of Nothing. Queen of Nothing. This is actually not a safe podcast, though it could be. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So I'm not like completely opposed to that. Okay. So obviously, if you have not read <laughs> the series, this is a bad time for you to just jump in. Yeah, but I know no way to not spoil. No, there's no way to not spoil it. And um, I think we're gonna break from tradition a little bit. We're still gonna do the appeal score, and we're still gonna do our experience in the appeal score. But we're um, it's kind of this whole from here on out spoilers. It's just spoilers. So if you're here for the folk of air, then you're here for the folk of air. And if you haven't read it and you want to read a beautiful, beautiful, charming, witty series about two human girls, twin girls, who are raised in the fae world. <laughs> I'm making this sound a lot fluffy. It's not fluffy. I just love your <laughs> your description of it is beautiful and charming. Like At the very beginning of the series, they watch somebody come in and kill their kill parents. parents. I mean, it is all it is beautiful and charming, but it's also like like real face stuff. It's dark and it's scary, really? and there's um morality and shades of gray. And um, Holly Black is the queen of Fey, and she really really knows her her shit. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. It is beautiful and it is charming. It's just, you know, also kind of dark sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now for the dramatic conclusion, Queen of Nothing. As a reminder, he will be the destruction of the crown and the ruination of the throne. Power is much easier to acquire than it is to hold on to. Jude learned this lesson when she released her control over the wicked king Cardin in exchange for immeasurable power. Now, as the exiled mortal queen of fairy, Jude is powerless and left reeling from Cardin's betrayal. She bides her time determined to reclaim everything he took from her. Opportunity arrives in the form of her twin sister, Taryn, whose life is in peril. Jude must risk venturing back into the treacherous fairy court and confront her lingering feelings for Cardin if she wishes to save her sister. But Elfheim is not as she left it. War is brewing. As Jude slips deep within enemy lines, she becomes ensnared in the conflict's bloody politics. And when a dormant yet powerful curse is unleashed, panic spreads throughout the land, forcing her to choose between her ambition and her humanity. Chills. Chills. Chills, chills, chills. So, our letter writer, (laughs) and I'm sure other people, um, weren't happy with this book. They weren't happy with this. Um, And, of course, that's completely allowed. (laughs) You don't have to, especially if you really loved a series and you're super invested in it. We've all been there when the book takes a turn and you're like, no, 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 no
<laughs> you like see it going over the cliff. Um, and so Amanda and I realized we hadn't really talked about it. So we were like, were we just like caught up in the haze and like so in love? So I have to ask you, Amanda, mm-hmm. on the genre junkie scale, mm-hmm. what was your experience with Queen of Nothing? My assessment. It's kind of hard to fit it into all of that. And also, I want to say I had two different um, experience scores because um, I read it when it first came out. And I think I just like inhaled the whole thing. Yeah. And then um, so then we were coming up on doing this and realized we hadn't talked about it. So I kind of reread it again. Yeah. And I actually um, liked it way better the second time. <gasps> Than I did the first one, and I mean, I I enjoyed it the first time, but <clears throat> now I'm, now I think I'm back to obsession. You're back. I think I'm back to obsession. I think um, because I read it so fast, I think I missed some of the more nuanced points of how we kind of got from A to B. Yeah. Um, and the second time through, I read it, and maybe because my expectations were already changed. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it a heck of a lot more. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm at obsession now. Um, I'm also at obsession. I feel like, um, for me, I was, I was obsessed the first time I read it and I was obsessed the second time I read it for this, for this episode. Um, so possibly out there, maybe, maybe read it again. Cause you might be like Amanda and like where you're like, no, I got it now. <laughs> yeah. If, if you've given yourself a little time to breathe with it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pressure finishing a series. For sure. It is. And, yeah. it, you know, and then just there's people like me. It's like, well, I'll just read it all through in like, you know, half a day. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, that was like years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of mainline it. But um, I guess one of the things we could talk about is um, maybe what we think people didn't maybe find satisfying with it too but um yeah obsession i love the title of this book Um, oh yeah me too i loved how the wicked king ended where she's exiled with fish sticks (laughs) (laughs) yep back to the sticks (laughs) um you know she's married and you know back when we reviewed this i remember i was like no this is a this is a trick this is a con this is a long con and i think you were on the same page oh yeah 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 that we're like but jude saw it as like no I'm betrayed. And I guess I can't blame her because Taryn and Maddox had just betrayed her at the end of that book, too. I think Jude has justifiably some pretty deep-seated trust issues. You know what? You might be right. I think, again, watching Mummy and Daddy get cut down <laughs> and then being raised by that person. Yeah. Having a, just a real complicated And they love them and you love them. And <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, well, we can't really forget... But that did happen. (laughs) But he's a fae. He's a fae. Maddox is a fae. And the fae have different rules than we do. They are. They are inherently uh, crueler. They are (laughs) the cruel prince, of course. (laughs) Um, And, you know, of course, we're coming off of this middle book, too, where, like, I believe we talked about this before. But a lot of people like hate to love trope. A lot of people like a Hades Persephone uh, romance. And I, 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 I do. I do like that. But I feel like this is one of the books where it was actually truly, really done, where you believed they hated each other. Yeah, I, I think that essentially in the first book. Yes. Um, Carden is very cruel. <laughs> He's I mean, so mean to her. The title. But yeah, it's, uh, but then it's like, of course, around the edges of it, like you can kind of tell even before he says there's anything, an attraction. There's, yeah, there's yeah. some sort of a magnetism yeah. that the two of them absolutely have for each other. Yeah. So, and, and, like they have their reasons kind of why they're mistrustful of each other 
And um, throughout the series, and including this last book, we learn about the the horrible indignities that Cardin suffered, and at the hands of his family, especially his his really mean ass brother, <laughs> uh, who you know Jude killed that one time, um, Balkan. Uh, it's it's a whole it's you know it was no great loss, but um, but he wasn't yeah, mad about it. He wasn't mad about it, but um, yeah, he was kind of like oh, because I'm not shocked, right? Uh, but anyway, so it kind of raised him to be really hateful towards almost everyone around him, and especially humans. Um, so yeah, so they're really like very opposites, and he was especially, as it turns out, really really jealous because Maddox loved her and Taryn so much even though like it's you know he's not even in any way related to them right he absolutely did not have to love them he could have just sheltered them and he parades them around proudly and he gives them all the best things and and teaches them stuff and all of that and you can just see Cardin's like you hate my mom and dad don't like me (laughs) we're also reminded in this book that there's a curse around Cardin that's been there since he was born that it was writ in the stars that he would bring ruination to the throne that's right so they've kept him as kind of far away as possible and he was so down the Greenbrier line, yeah, that wasn't important. No, there was there were many other children to choose from, and his mom sucks. Yeah, <laughs> Lady Asha, she's a piece of work. She's a piece of work. I love a good villain. She's one of those villains that I don't really like. I'm like, I don't like the type of villain you are. <laughs> like, you just seem like you felt the way you feel about Mother Gothel. <laughs> Mother Gothel was just lackluster, but um, yeah, I, the Mother Gothel was another one that I thought was very confusing. It was very confusing. Very confusing. Did she love her? It it was just really manipulative and uncomfortable. Mother Gothel. Um, (laughs) So, of course, Jude's back with fish sticks. She's doing odd jobs for the Fae, which I think we both love that. I love that so much. With Byron. Byron. Yeah, sure. He's a puka, I believe. He is a puka. And he wears like a little hat. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We love that. He has golden goat eyes. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh yeah, yeah, she's she's basically task rabbiting for <laughs> for them getting stuff done. Yeah. Uh, making a little money on the side cuz she is a brilliant fighter and um she's staying kind of adjacent in this world. She's with um Vivi uh back at home and Oak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh it starts out with Heather and Vivi are not uh, on speaking terms. Yeah, they're both been they've both been dumped basically. <laughs> yeah. Her and Vivi, they're both just wallowing in self pity. Um, which is Vivi is as a reminder my favorite character in this whole series. I love Vivi. I love her so fucking much, and I I love her for a multitude of reasons. Um, I have a really nice big sister that I like a lot, and I think Vivi's like a good big sister, even though she's got fame morals. <laughs> but you also have fame morals. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm sort of the reason she turned out the way she did. <laughs> I wish you had furry ears and cat eyes, but you know, I, I, no one's perfect. Yeah, we played with magnets a lot as a child. We ate magnets a lot as a child. That's why we're still drawn together. <laughs> because we're mostly magnet. Um, so <laughs> we meet Grima Mog. Uh, How much should we love Grima love Mog? Love her. She's just- the female Maddox. Yeah. Love like, really, though, a red cap. Really a red cap. Who keeps her red cap in some sort of a hat box, which is, of course, an appropriate place for a chapeau of any kind. She's been banished, which sucks. I think one thing I loved is peeling back the layers in these last two books about 
the banished fae or the fae that choose to live uh-huh, away mortals. from court politics mm-hmm. and they're not wild fae they're not they just want to live in the mortal world yeah and it's like the more you learn about the uh the land of fairies it's like yeah i think a lot of people would not be feeling that. yeah and they do their weird things and they of course they have glamours so like they don't really like look like fairies all the time um but yeah and just like remember there's that there's a scene where i mean the the bomb and the road sh- like you know like we know they have like a romance going on and, and like people go to the mortal world like we learn that people go like on holiday or like when they're bored right and that's sometimes how they get human servants too and um we are also reminded in these books that humans are necessary even though they are treated very lesser um fairies don't breed well no, which they need makes humans. sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're thin blood, I think they call it or slow mostly blood. Mostly immortal. Like you can't just have everybody <laughs> growing that population yeah. by, you know. So mortals have a a role to play, even though they're treated very lesser by the Fae for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, like remember, uh, Eldred had um a consort who was his seneschal, Van Morrison. Van- no, was <laughs> Van Morton. I think it was. I think it was something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I love that you called him Van Morrison. Um, can I also just say, um, I love that like the king like had his queen, but he also had like consorts. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't love that like a male doing it, but I love the idea that like, yeah, I have consorts. Like, I'm not. Yeah, yes. they don't have. They don't have our like. I don't know. There are hangups about monogamy. There's definitely a fluidity to fairy culture. And, and sexuality and sexual identity, which is a theme in her books a lot. And it just like makes you like, he loved this guy, so he had this guy. Mm-hmm. He loved this girl, so he had this girl there. And they were treated well. Absolutely. And the I mean, the only comment, I think, in there ever that's... Oh, except for Locke's mom kind of got fucked over. Was she? <laughs> she was a consort. She was a cons. I mean, it doesn't really sound like Eldred was the greatest guy. <laughs> Since at least one of his kids, he just sort of put to the side. And he was, was also, like, well, he's we'll been the king for later. like friggin' ever. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, I like that sometimes mortals have a place in this world beyond just a broodmare. Or a totally. servant. Totally. And I like that they don't have hangups about gender. <laughs> Me too. I like the <laughs> I like that part in uh, book one, I think it is, when uh, they're first meeting Heather, uh, Vivi's uh, yeah. mortal, normal, living in the human world girlfriend. Yeah. And, uh, and Heather's kind of questioning, like, why she's never met their dad and yeah. stuff. And and uh, the girls are like, um, you know, he's he's got some hang ups or he's conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, OK, I get it. <laughs> and it's and they even say they're like, that could be the they would she not care like, at all. The one thing he's not going to care about is that Heather's like with a woman. That's yeah. It. <laughs> Everything else about this is a problem for him. <laughs> um. So it turns out that Taryn actually has a set of ovaries in there, literally. And uh, I mean, because, you know, I like to say that sometimes a set of balls, you know, but I mean, she she does. She killed Locke. Yeah, she did. He just fun. He said all the story had gone out of her. Guess not, Locke. Oh, oh, my God. It just made me so mad. Yeah. Me me too. I'm like, yeah, do it. Stab him with the pen or whatever it was. I think it was like a pen or a paperweight or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's like an envelope opener. And it's and like because Locke had so much potential to be such a fucking awesome character. Yeah. And he was. It was an awesome character. He was an awesome character. He really was through the whole thing. But um, I also really want to learn about his dad, who's just a wild fae. Yeah. Who just decided like he's like I can't be domesticated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like what more fox than man. (laughs) 
And he lives in this, like, I just imagine Locke's estate is just very Provencal. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, like, I romanticize it very much in my head. And he's like a fox bully. And uh, Bet turns out he's kind of an ass. And he, fi- he kind of gets what's coming to him. Oh, he does. I mean, he's been manipulating the people who actually cared about him. He for pitted a very the sisters against each other yeah. for his entertainment and to prove Taryn's loyalty to him. Yeah, and also to mess with Cardin, which is apparently his favorite game in the entire world. Yeah, like he's, I mean, again, he's a great character because he's just like, oh, you devil, you rogue. Mm. It's kind of sad. Like Cardin's whole crew ends up dying except for the water girl. Yeah, Nikasia. Yeah, she. I, you know, I feel like I feel it was great to get some backstory on Nikasia. Yes, but she also was just like so so mean. mean. <laughs> oh, and not like in a fun, cruel, fairy way. She's mean in like the way like a person's mean. Yeah, and was like torturing Jude when she was under the sea just because she could. It wasn't even like mom was watching. And yeah, she was trying to make, She's, you know. Well, and like she, we learned from the the elf the the boy <laughs> the king of how the king of elf learned to hate stories um that she kind of regretted throwing Harden away like a piece of trash um and that really messed with him i think that that gets said i think she says that to jude too, she does say that to back jude. when uh, uh Locke is still playing his manipulative game on her yeah i feel like i have mostly been talking about the first two books i really did read the third one <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, this is kind of a, of course, being the third book, it kind of recaps a lot of stuff. Yeah. So um, I love that we get to see how Jude and Maddox are so similar. She truly is his daughter. And he says that, like, of all my children, like, you are me. <laughs> right. And he taught her perhaps too well. Mm. And of course, he says, the student becomes the master. <laughs> Um, no, he was going to deliver a killing blow. He, you know, he can't change his nature, but he does love her. He does love her. Yeah. And that's like to him. And like, he even says, goodbye, daughter. You would have made a fine red cap or something like that. Because like, that would be a good thing to do is to give a red cap a good death. And he even asked for a good death later in the book too. Absolutely. And I think it's the highest compliment he could give another creature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also love that um, at that point, too, when they're fighting, he he's going to help her walk to them, but Vivi won't let him. So it's like he's so at odds with his nature. Yeah. And he he's just really complicated, too, because we love a him. red cap. We love him. He's obviously super capable of love. He loves all of his kids. He clearly loved his first wife. Yes. Uh, it even seems by the time you get to the end of things that he he might even have come to love Oriana, even though that's not yeah. any part of how they got together. And right. it seems like she actually loves him, too. So it's just complicated the way that real, yeah. real people, real relationships are complicated. Maddox probably like my second favorite character. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, I just I, I, just, I just love it. I just love that. And I think red caps are really interesting, too. Yes. Um. Maybe I'd like to meet one one day. <laughs> in the right circumstances. In the right circumstances. You're right. In the right circumstances. I should clarify. Um, this also we learn in this book how Jude is like truly tied to the land because it like helps to heal her when she's hurt. Right. It's proof that she really is the yeah. queen of all fame, that it's accepted her. Yeah. And her now she has power at least that stems from it. And um uh Terrence's gonna have a baby. 
Taryn gonna have a baby. Absolutely. <laughs> so I guess we're also supposed to believe that her and the ghost are gonna get together. Yeah, I think so. I think there's something there. Garrett's quite taken with Garrett her. the ghost. <laughs> Garrett the ghost turns out not such a bad guy. Nope, he was uh, under power. He was under someone else's power to betray them the way that he did. Um, probably my favorite thing about this book. There's just no. There's just no. Wait, it, it, it's um little little Queen Surin. <laughs> sure. The cord sure. of teeth, Queen Surin. Um her oh. white furs. They're from this snowy land. Um stitches. She oh, she has like the gold like stitched into like Yeah, because she's she's hand. wearing the harness when we first meet her. That's yes. like so embedded in her skin, like it's yeah. holding on, it's like clawing through her and she has other scars. And, oh, and that's stuff. right. And there's a leash that's actually it's like implanted in her wrist. Yeah, there's something like that where the yeah. skin's grown over it or something. It's very uh It's disgusting. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> so I like it. Um, oh yeah when she's out in public they have her in the bridal but she has this gold leash that's somehow in her skin that they tout her around yeah because they they take that off at a certain point to try and bargain with jude after uh, a certain event happens which Which i think uh, we're gonna get oh great yeah well so my point is is this creepy sharp-toothed child i am obsessed with her i'm obsessed with her um and I love what they do for her in the book. And it's, um, you know, their first thing is they try to be like, oh, she can marry Oak. Um, you can't be serious. Oak shouldn't have anything to do with these people or their creepy daughter from my girl V. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah. We're not doing that. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, so but uh, well, uh, so Carden's a snake. He's a serpent. <laughs> So this is the part where I think I I skipped off the rails a little bit in my mind the first time that I read it. Yeah. And I had to go back <laughs> and read it again, even yeah. though I was like, wait, he's snake now? <laughs> I was kind of, um, a lot of people know that I was um, personally victimized by the Animorphs books. And like, I... <laughs> so true i have trauma i carry trauma from the animorphs books um because um tobin didn't turn back from a hawk that one time and i'm not okay with it i'm not okay with it that freaking traumatized not me okay with it. <laughs> so when Cardin becomes a giant snake which i love snakes <laughs> but it's like it, it's it throws you it throws yeah. you a little bit i'm like is this going animorphs because i can't go there anymore sure uh, I can't do that. Like, as Scott knows, I, I get this way. Or like in a fantasy book, somebody gets turned into something. Or as I always say, someone gets stuck in a jar. Because, <laughs> because I read a book where somebody did get stuck in a jar. And it split the party. And I was like, I can't. And it was like, multi- I, I want to say in my mind, it was like three books where the party was split and someone's in a jar. And someone's a hawk. Can I read those? It's sounding very familiar. <laughs> I might have jar related dreams. <laughs> and it's like, I can't. I was nervous. I was nervous. But I was like, no, Holly Black's not going to do me like that. Holly Black's not going to leave him a snake. He's a giant snake. Big snake. Big <laughs> He's snake. gold, too, isn't he? Isn't he? He is. I think he's got something going on like isn't that. Isn't gold? <laughs> <laughs> isn't it gold? Is yours gold? Is yours gold? Um... But you know he's got it. He had it. It, it, it happened. It I mean, it, it's epic the way it all comes together. I, again, I think that I just I stumbled a little bit on that. The uh, again reading it the second time, I felt like maybe again it's probably because I was actually reading words on the page and not just super skimming. Yeah. Um. But uh. Uh. So yeah. So he's a big old snake. Um. And so the the throne. Yeah. That got all kinds of broken. 
Oh, it's broken. And he literally, as the prophecy said, like destroyed the crown and like ruined the throne or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It, it was meant to be that he was going to like disrupt the line. Yeah. Well, that's the, the meta from it. But like yeah. the prophecy was quite literal that time. <laughs> but um, nobody ever thought it was actually going to be literal because be- he just snaps the Greenbrier crown. And what's his name? Right? The The guy that reads the stars. Yes. Yeah. I forget he, his he name. He taught them in school. Yes. And he's like, I guess it's known that sometimes like, it's like it's right, but it's sometimes weird or something like that. Sure. So it's you don't really know like how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so the teeth people are like, here, have this bridle, you can put it on him. And like, she's like, oh, well, like, how do I control it? They're like, oh, it's easy. You just like wrap some of your hair around it. Yeah, your hair and like his scale or something. <laughs> it is a good trick. It's a good trick. She's going to do it. She's- who is it that tells her don't put your hair on it oh my god who tells her that oh uh, was it grandma mug i think it might have been grandma mug yeah or somebody's like <laughs> that'd be stupid it's kind of like in labyrinth don't go that way never go that, that way. way um yeah that's the last thing you want to do because then the teeth people can control you yeah yeah it's, just, it's a way to get control of the both of them king and queen it's like son of a bitch <laughs> so she has to kill him She's got to kill Carden. Yep. Ultimately. Got to kill him. And he comes like out naked from the <laughs> inside the snake. Yeah. yeah. I think he's gooey and naked. Yeah. I mean, I think he is covered in snake. Yeah. And like. <laughs> Not um, in a good way. He wasn't completely soothed by her presence, but there was something in there that I thought was kind of sweet. So that he could always tell it was her. Yeah. So that's why he didn't attack her. He didn't let yeah. anybody else really get next to him. Yeah. So um, kind of sweet. Yeah. And just imagine that would be a pretty tortured existence yeah, so being she had to snake. do something yeah and she is tempted yeah tempted by the fruit of the harness like i could just keep him with me forever and he'd have to do what i say i kind of like having power over things but ultimately that's bad <laughs> that's bad <laughs> like i'm not gonna make Cardin live out his days as a snake as a snake so that's though. why she's like killing him it's it's a, it's a mercy killing um Oak intercedes on little Surin's behalf. Yeah, he's just like, don't do anything bad for her. Just keep um, her out of it. Uh, what does it say? I actually screenshotted this. The high court will keep the bridle and hope it never needs to be used. Queen Surin, because my brother interceded for you, I send you on your way with no punishment but this. The court of teeth will be no more. Lady Noreg gasps i go on your land belongs to the high court your titles are abolished your strongholds will be seized and should you nor um nor nor a <laughs> attempt to defy this command remember that it will be Surin to whom you are sworn that punishes you in whatever way she sees fit now go forth and be grateful for oak's intercession especially the way they kept her tortured it's like beautiful poetic justice uh punishment surin no longer a queen smiles in a way that's not friendly at all and i noticed that her teeth have been filed into small points their tips are stained a disturbing red i consider for the first time that perhaps surin was being restrained for fear of what she might do if she were not <laughs> i need um i need a certain book obviously there's got to be a certain book um i love her i <laughs> just i love her man um uh, while we're exiling people sure and we got it we gotta throw some of them out of here this is getting too weird maddox gotta go maddox gotta go i'm sad it makes me actually emotional actually get kind of like a little i start to feel the pinpricks in my eyes because 
I just love these characters so much. Sure. And so you start to feel like, I mean, it's a horrible punishment for them to have to be in the mortal world, but at the same time, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. And in fact, in this, I, one of the things that goes that direction too is Vivi's going to have a heck of a good time. Um, <laughs> because the Oriana will, you know, adapt. That's her thing. But Matic is going to really struggle and he has no choice. Um, it's like he's gonna have to go to like oak soccer games yes <laughs> um so like vivi because vivi's gonna go and and live with the rest of the family oak until he comes of age or whatever they're gonna do with that <laughs> and oriana and maddock um as she does uh she's talking about uh vivi as she does she speculates about all the aspects of the mortal world she's going to have to explain to dad i love the calm dad Ugh, i just love it like cell phones she says or self-checkout in the grocery store oh this is going to be amazing seriously his exile is the best present you ever gave me um you know he's going to be so bored that he's going to try to micromanage your life terrence says or plan your invasion of a neighborhood apartment building <laughs> I mean, I think you can take the red cap out of Faye, but like yep. that, it's never going to change who he is. And you know, I, I, I don't know what Holly Black's plans are. Yeah, she hasn't told me. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know. Exiles can be ended. You know, well, and it we, might be something happens. Might be something happens, and we know there's a lot of Faye in the mortal world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I definitely really cherish about her books and i think we've talked about this is a lot of fey is if there is a mortal world connection it's old school like kind of a uh, alternative history where it's kind of medieval france or it's sure you know villages <laughs> yeah it's always it's always old fairy tale yeah and i love that this is contemporary and this is happening alongside us and in fact um, like in the King of Elfheim, like they're watching a movie and stuff. Like and like Faye know what that is. Yeah, they they have like no interest in it. It's not particularly vital to most of them. Some of them like some of the human trinkets and things, but for the most part, they're like, this just doesn't mean anything to me. This all this stuff you have. Yeah. Um, though they do like our books. Apparently they like the books. And uh the well, some of them is it, I think it's Robin and Kay are the ones who when uh, this is back to book one again, Amanda, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh when uh, Jude comes upon them because she's trying to ask for help, uh and they're like eating Chinese takeout, Chinese yeah. American takeout. Yeah. And they like she's it. like chilling in a t shirt or something. Yeah. She's like, Oh, she just hadn't seen like Faye really embracing mortal stuff. And I think before. she's like a green stick, the stick, uh, yeah, like a mantis, some kind person. of a. Like, no, I don't think she's. I don't think she's the one that's full mantis, but I do think she's green. Yeah, maybe she's more traditional kind of pixie. There is a there is a character that's who's a, on the that's board. like a mantis. Yeah, like the small council or whatever they call it. Yeah. This one <laughs> small council. I don't know. Oh, they do have it's something like that. It's not the. Is it the small council? It's small um so i love the end of this book they go to the moral world and have a pizza party <laughs> yeah that's cute and it's like signifying that Cardin fully loves jude and her humanity and everything she is mm-hmm. um i love that oak orders the pizzas and he orders like weird stuff um vivi opens the pizza box and unboxes and uncorks a bottle of wine Oak takes out a slice of the prawn pizza and digs in. I raise a plastic glass to family and fairyland, said Taryn, raising hers. And pizza, says Oak. And stories, says Heather. And new beginnings, says Vivi. Um, 
and Cardin smiles at me and scheming great schemes. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. And a family and a very land of pizza and stories and new beginnings. I can scheming great schemes. I can toast to that. I love it. And I mean, Cardin finally found a family. He found a family. He, and they one that him actually loved him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, it was a good reminder too, reading uh, How the King of Elfame Learned to Hate Stories. Yes. Um, that, uh, that Vivi and Cardin were friends. They were yeah. they were cool together because she was she was actually good friends with like his best sister, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yes, uh, Raya, I want to say. Yeah, uh, the R one <laughs> starts with an R. Um, so kind of bridging the two together, um, and I really think it helps to to bolster the Queen of Nothing to read how the the let's just call it King of Elfame. Okay, because it's a long title. <laughs> Um, it kind of helps to bolster because if you love all that stuff, which it sounds like we both do, of like when Fae and Mortal kind of cross over, then you'll really like this <laughs> because um, they're really, I, I don't know, it's its a its a nice poetic blend. Uh, it Heather's, is. Um, Heather sent Vivi on a quest, remember, at the end yes, of she did. Yes, Queen she of did. Nothing um, to have to earn her love. Uh, My darling Vivi, you must learn. Yeah, and she has to be totally upfront and honest. Because yep. kids, that's what relationships are that's about. That's how grown-ups have <laughs> relationships, kids. Um, but yeah, the the King of All Fame is just, it is beautifully done. It's almost like poetry or like a like a old school book of fairy tale by yes. itself. It's uh, The whole thing takes place in the uh, mortal world, but with lots of flashbacks. Uh, to different events, different stories, different things that have happened to Cardin, yes. and him remembering, uh, you know, all these 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 points on his journey. Um, and we get some new, we get a new character in there. <gasps> oh my right? god! Who I know you love. Aslog. I know you love. And it's there's of course the troll the, woman, <laughs> the troll woman, and Holly Black's just signature humor is oh throughout my god. it too. Super funny, super super funny. So, um. I should should say the true end of Queen of Nothing is actually we get we see the letters from Cardin that she never got because of stupid Lady Asha. Yeah, I really don't like Asha. Fucking bitch. I'm not, um, I mean, great character. Again, when I say yeah. I don't like somebody, it's because I don't like their personality. <laughs> not that they're not a quality character to inhabit a world. But it's really like it's beautiful to like know... And like see Cardin kind of like, you know, becoming more desperate and stuff like mm. and how much he loves her and it's just as like oh the the angst the pain mm -hmm. um so yeah so we're kind of seeing what was Cardin doing <laughs> during all this and also from the start of his life um you know lest we ever forget he drank cat milk yeah he drank cat milk which you know it, it sounds like even for the fae that's an unusual parenting technique yeah they like they liked to dress him up sometimes and kind of play with him like a little doll, but then they would just like forget about him. Yeah. And it's so sad. It is so sad. And then he gets taken in by his horrifyingly abusive brother. Yeah, and he gets like a little Stockholm syndrome, maybe a little, because the thing yeah. is, Balkan is the only one who's ever given him time of day. He's beaten by the brother. He's beaten by human servants who yeah. are ensorcelled. Ensorcelled. <laughs> Good word. And, um, uh, I love that the 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 one that uh, Balkan had beat him. I think from the beginning, and especially early on in his staying with Balkan, he uh, that Cardin freed her, and he's like, "I'm not freeing you because I'm nice, you know, or I like you, or anything." And she's like, "Yeah, I know. Yeah, like we both know why." Yeah, 
Yeah, it's always, it was really bad. And then I remember, too, there's a story at the beginning of, I think it's the start of the Queen of Nothing, where um, Dane kind of tricked him into killing a mortal. Remember, yeah. they were doing like, kind of like a William Tell game yeah, or something? Yeah, it, it, it gets, I think, a mention in, in, an, in, in one of the yeah. big books, and then it gets fully explained. And Yeah, because Dane Elfine. was a jackass, too. Dane was a manipulative jackass, and he wanted to make sure he was getting his father's He uh, was a approval. little less overt as Bailkin, but he wasn't a good guy, and of course that was Jane's, he wasn't, uh, he, I'm sorry, Jude's first uh, master. Yeah, I know. mean, Bailkin had, like, a long con planned with Carden yeah. um, for the crown and everything, and I think he also just enjoyed the torture, the pain. Yeah, stuff. he was, like, just kind of sadistic. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Dane, just like all fairies, I think there's just a little secret delight in seeing something else in pain. But uh, I mean, it was, as according to this, yeah. if there's any actual faith folk listening, I, I don't know we, what your opinion. Well, yeah, we're not saying this. This is just one book's opinion. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, that. But Dane's Dane's stuff was usually much quicker and to the point. Like Dane is more efficient with his cruelty. Yeah, just convince his little brother to um, let him use his arrow, and then I'm just gonna kill this person. Oh yeah, and like because remember when um, Balkin was down under the water with her, and he was like, "Don't you want to like kiss me and stuff?" And it's like it is so gross and awful, just because he wants to have what his brother has. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's just a lot of power struggle there with Balkin. I just turned to this one page in the book that I absolutely love uh, from the Elfame book. Um, the King of Elfame tries to do one good thing. And this is when he's at a restaurant with Heather and Vivi having bubble tea and eating dumplings. And it's just the, the illustrations in this book uh, are done by Rovina Kai. And she is, my God, brilliant. They are magical. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Hello. Moth. There's a part in here where he tames a moth with honey and wine. I'm obsessed. That's all you need to know. Um, I love moths. And it's like she a does. giant moth that he rides around on because he tamed it with honey and wine. Adorable. Adorable. Um, yeah, so we learn about why he had his mean little gang to, you know, like he, I mean, it was something. It was family. It was something. Yeah, it was people who um, gave him attention. Yeah. And it gave him, uh, you know, sense of... Uh, belonging so the thing that kind of ties all this together is the troll woman aslug and um she's amazing and creepy and wonderful and she tries to tell him stories and kind of teach him when they run into each other throughout his life and she's another very morally ambiguous character um and he finally gets the lesson and also uses it to kind of trick her um and i love that he's basically like She's like, oh, you were trying to keep me talking till sunup. He's like, no, I was trying to keep you talking till my wife got here because she's scary. <laughs> uh, love that he knows. He knows his, like, his, his partner. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I just love, too, that he's like, I'm not the one you pull in for, like, the hand-to-hand. -hand. I'm more of a big picture. He knows that, too. He knows that he's like, yes, I technically know how to use a sword. But he's like, there's no, like... um. He doesn't feel emasculated by Jude. No, because there just doesn't really have that. Just isn't that. really there in in the fairy world. Yeah, um, I love that Vivi and Heather and Oak. Just oh my god, I love them. I just love their little family. It's so sweet, and I wish them all the best. I just want them to be. Happy. And Oak just like wants to live there. He doesn't even want. He's like, I don't want to be the king. It's like, yeah. well. Let's see how it's going in the Saren book, because maybe little Saren will have a different idea, too. Or, you know, it might be some sort of trickery or, you know, or maybe just like 
he just gets to have choice a little bit in his sure. life. You well, know. Also, I mean, Jude and Carden are married. It's entirely possible that she, you know she'll eventually have a kid, and then we have somebody else in the or line. Or they can just like. I don't know, just like make a successor somehow. I mean, you know what I mean? Like things are kind of different now. Well, absolutely. I mean, it could be that somebody actually gets chosen by merit. <laughs> yeah. What a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it'll be Taryn's baby. Maybe, maybe Taryn's baby. Taryn yeah. and little Taryn and a little lock and you, you get yourself a king ghost there. And- yeah, little Garrett seems nice. But I love that they um, are still coming over for pizza parties. It's beautiful. It's lovely. I also need to know what Maddox is up to. So, I'm just obsessed with this series. Yeah, me too. I'm so happy with it. Yeah. And um, I'm so sad for anyone whose experience was not good. Sure. End. I'm so sorry because I feel, I, we all know that feeling. Absolutely. I, we, again, we've all been there. <laughs> and we know that um, Holly Black has teased she's coming out with her first adult novel. Yes. Um, where is it? Put it in my hand. I need it now. I want to feel the roughness of the pages. <laughs> I want to smell the pages. Amanda, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for going back into fairy and reminiscing with me. And we basically, we both reread all these books again. Yeah. Yeah. And now we got to read Roybin. And I'm sorry, everybody, that took us so long. I know. And I'm sorry. I think I'm a little rambly because, again, I just read them all. So it's all just one big story to me. I Well, I kind of think of these books as that way for me. And some series I do think of like that, where it is just kind of like, it's very, it flows just the right way for me that it, it all feels very connected. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here, Manda. Thank you so much. And thanks, thanks everybody, for listening. Everybody who hung in there with us. Thank you, Faye, High Court, Low Court, mm-hmm. Seely, Unseely. Uh, mortals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're okay, too. You know who you are. Pukas. Pukas amongst us. Troll woman. Also known as me. Mods tamed by wine and honey. <laughs> Please keep reading past your bedtime. 